Okay. Hi, guys. Hi. It's Barb. Um, we'd like to welcome everyone to Stony Creek this morning. It's a beautiful morning out there. Not too hot, not too cold. It's a nice Michigan morning. And we want to say hello to those uh, people that are joining us on Facebook. Hi, guys. And might be listening in on the radio. Um, we have a few announcements to make. There's a red folder in the aisle where you're sitting, and please sign your name and then send it over to the center of the aisle so that we can keep track um, of uh, attendance. And, hmm? oh, okay. And uh, we've got sign-up sheets for the bake sale yet. If they're in the rear of the church, if you still want to do something for that. And there's sign-up. We're, we're signing up a lot. Let's just get over it. There's <laughs> sign-up sheets to help work at the rummage sale, which is Hidden Treasures is next Saturday, uh, the 16th from 9 to 5. Um, Gilda, after... Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, after church... Do you, if we could get some guys to help us move the chairs away from the tables? Because we can move the tables, but we need the chairs away so we can set up. Okay. So anybody who wants to play with moving chairs, <laughs> yay. Um, and then we're going to do the Cracker Barrel. The lunch bunch will be gathering on the 27th at Cracker Barrel. And then uh, September 30th, it's a campfire Hopefully it won't rain that day so that we can roast hot dogs and s'mores and um, bring other food, whatever. I'm going to put Bob in charge of the starting the fire. Yeah, yeah, you can start. Yeah, you said you got those little thingies that start the fire really well. Yes. Okay. You don't ask for volunteers. You just tell people you're going to do this. So, and we're selling books out in the, in the fellowship hall. So if you see any books out there, um, go ahead and you can purchase them ahead of the sale. The Kids Club starts next Sunday. Woohoo! And that brings me to my, my next moment of chastising people. Okay. We're doing this push. We want to get kids here. We're going to do a, a ice cream social. We're going to have this wonderful curriculum that we can separate the kids, older kids, younger kids. You know what we're missing? Teachers. Teachers. <laughs> I seem to have this um, sign-up sheet with one name on it for one Sunday. <laughs> Uh, wouldn't it be embarrassing if we actually pull these kids in and then we don't have anybody to teach the class? I can wing things pretty well, but I can't wing it that well. So, anybody that's listening at home, never fear. You can call or send an email if you'd like to be a teacher. This is going to be out in the back. Um, think about it. They're children. They're shorter than you are. You can be in control. And, and if that doesn't work, as when I was a school secretary, Nancy and I always had duct tape. 
and threatened to duct tape them to the chairs if they didn't behave. Most of the time we didn't get in trouble with the parents. Okay, so I think that's running the gamut of our announcements. Does anybody else have any announcements? Ushers? Bake oh, bake sale? I thought I, I didn't say about the bake sale. Did I say? I did? I did say. Okay, yeah, I said signing up at the back. So, ushers, right, Bob? Okay, ushers. Anything else coming up? Going? One, two, three? Okay. Alrighty, then we will go ahead and open our service with our anthem, Come Share the Lord.
nice song. It wasn't easy to learn, I'll tell you that much, but we got it down. Okay. And now, if you will join me in our opening prayer. From the beginning until now, loving God, we have turned away from you, following lesser ways, pursuing a lesser life than the life offered to us in Christ. Yet you will not abandon us. You call out, warning and wooing us to turn, to return to you, even when we fall away from brothers and sisters in reconcile. Remain with us. Wholeheartedly, until we are reconciled to you and to our neighbor, in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Okay. Paul's counsel to the church in Rome was this. Owe no one anything except in love one another. So come, let us love one another and all in God's world by sharing what we have been given so that needs are met and the gospel is proclaimed.
God of our salvation, we know what time it is. Time to wake up from sleep and to turn from selfishness. We offer now our time, our talents, and our resources to be used for your good purposes and all for love's sake. Through Jesus Christ, Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen. Please rise for the doxology. seated. I am Pastor Michael. I'm very happy to see you all here at Stony Creek United Methodist Church, as well as those who are joining us uh, Facebook Live or listening to this later on our podcast or our call-in number. Um, it is the f 15th Sunday after Pentecost, in case you're keeping track. Um, I want to thank everyone for their prayers and cards. Um, it was not a fun way to start vacation with COVID, but I think it might have been God's way of making sure I got enough naps in, so. Um, but I'm very thankful to be back here with all of you um, and looking forward as we continue in this season. Um, I was gonna announce something and I forgot what it was. Oh, next week. You definitely wanna be here because you'll never guess what we're gonna do next week. We're going to baptize somebody. So I hope you all can be here for that to support that young one and the family. Um, I'm not going to tell you who it is. You can figure it out on your own. Um, and if you don't, then it's a surprise. But um, so yeah, hopefully you can be here for that. Um, I'm very excited. I have not gotten to do a baptism in too long. So, um, so definitely try and make it if you can. I don't think I have any other announcements. Oh, charge conference is coming up. Um, I have paperwork for certain folks that I will try to email or print out and get it to you during the week. And we probably have to schedule at least one or two meetings, so keep an eye on your email if you are on the board of directors. Um, and nominations committee already met, so some of you may be getting phone calls or emails to inquire if you want to continue or if you would like to come on to a group or committee. So um, if you see a name you recognize, don't ignore it, please um, answer the phone. But I think that is all I have. Um, so I would like to take a moment now and invite any of our children or youth to come hang out with me for a few minutes. Ooh, that bunny looks soft. Is your bunny soft? Yeah. So you guys have finished two weeks of school, right? Yes, and I loved it. You loved it? Yeah, Connor hates it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> double the work. Double the work? No, I don't. <laughs> I like flavor, but I won't. Oh. 
But it's been a good year so far? Yes! Do you have a new teacher? Yeah. Do you have a new teacher? No, I have the same one in the same room, same day. Okay. Lot to keep track of, huh? No. Because you're in upper house now, right? That means you're you're one of the older kids now. No, I still like A lot of responsibility. I still don't like her. Okay, so I have a question. Have you guys ever made a mistake? Yeah. Really? No. You've never made a mistake? Wow. No. Well, well, Molly, I'm like you. I've I've made some mistakes. And when when you made a mistake, did somebody yell at you? Sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. But other times were people nice about it? And did they try and like help you so you learned so you could do better next time? Yeah, see, that's, that's what God wants us to do because we're human. We make mistakes. And instead of getting, having somebody, you know, yell at us or get really upset, if we can help that person when they make a mistake, that helps them to be better, and that's a way we can show that we love them because Jesus wants us to love everybody. And trust me, there are a lot of mistakes that people make. I have a big list of my own. So there are always opportunities that we can try and help people. I think he made a mistake probably once he just doesn't want to admit it. That's my guess. Okay, I've made one mistake. It was yesterday. But not, I've never, ever else made a mistake. Okay, well, we're, we're not going to call in an audit on that one. Um, but... So do you guys think you can do that? If you have a friend who makes a mistake, instead of getting mad, do you think you can try and help them in a nice way so that they can be better the next time? Yeah. Okay, because I know it's hard sometimes, especially depending on what mistake they make. It can hurt us or make us angry or sad. But we got to try really hard because God wants us to forgive each other and to love each other. Okay? That sound all right? Maybe. All right. Are you guys excited for next Sunday? Kids club? Yeah. Yeah. And the, and oh yeah, there's going to be ice cream. No. Well, you I, only, I only eat ice cream now that I eat ice cream. Well, we can, we can figure that out. And next week we're going to have a baptism. And guess what? You guys are going to help me with it. Because when we baptize somebody, we're welcoming them into the family of God. And you guys are in the family of God, and so I'm going to need your help when we do it, okay? But I'll tell you all about it next week, all right? It's going to be a lot of fun. Okay, you can grab a sucker if you would like one. You want to bring one back for your mom or your dad? Okay. All right, head back to your grown-ups. All right, and if the rest of you would rise as you are able for our hymn number 89, Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee.
You may be seated. Now is the time that we bring before God and God's people the things that may be weighing heavily upon our hearts and our minds, but also those things that we are celebrating, those blessings in our lives. Do we have any joys or concerns we'd like to lift up this morning? Just a reminder, reminder that the Monday morning Bible study will start again at 10 o'clock on September 18th, and we will talk about a program. Praise God, they've done some work on the house. Just a tiny little bit, but it's progress, I think. They're busy tearing things out still. They're not doing anything progressive inside. And the way the weather has been looking the last couple of days, I hope I don't get in there before the snow flies. We'll see. We'll see. Do we have any others? I'm just glad to see as many people as we have here today. Amen. I would like to add uh, a concern. Um, and actually, before I do that, I want to say thank you again for the prayers uh, for me getting better. But I do want to add a concern. Um, I'm pretty sure you have heard me uh, mention Pastor Eric Stone, who had been the pastor at Adrian First, um, a very good friend of mine and a mentor uh, who's been battling uh, stage four uh, cancer. He uh, went on to glory to God Friday morning. Um, so if you could please keep his family and friends and the congregations that he has served over his time in ministry in your prayers, um, there will be having a celebration of life coming up. Um, and I pray that that time can, can help all of us in our mourning. Um, Eric is not only an amazing pastor and person and friend. He is, he's left an impact and a legacy in our denomination in the uh, Michigan Conference. He has done a ton of work with the camps, especially with the kids. And I know just from personal experience and other things that he has changed some of those kids' lives in ways that we may not even know until later, so um, so please hold his family and friends in your prayers. If you would turn to number 2164, Sanctuary in the Faith We Sing. Please join me in an attitude of prayer. God of grace and steadfast love, we thank you for your commandments which order our life together. We thank you for calling us to live honorably with one another and pray for your grace 
as we try to do all that you require of us. Increase in us, we pray, the capacity to love you and our neighbors without reserve and to love even those who harm us, not half-heartedly, but with our whole hearts, we bring before you the cares, the concerns, and the joys that occupy us. We remember before you those who are at odds with one another in families, in neighborhoods, or offices, or even in the church. We pray for nations in the midst of internal or external struggles and conflict. Teach us, O oh God, to seek nonviolent ways towards resolution. Help us to speak the truth and to listen with understanding when perspectives are far apart. We pray for love to bring peace into every troubled heart and place. We remember before you those who have physical needs today, those who are hungry and thirsty, people who are exhausted by the demands of work or caregiving, people who are sick or undergoing surgery, and people who live with chronic pain. Bring relief and rest, we pray. We remember those weighed down with the needs of heart and soul, a worry that keeps us awake at night, grief that accompanies us everywhere we go, depression that clouds us, or an addiction that grips us. We especially lift up the family and friends of Reverend Eric Stone, who you have called home to glory. Lift all of these heavy burdens with the light and peace of your presence, we pray. Sustain us over the long journey toward health and give us trust in you, ourselves, and those who love us. We remember before you not only our cares, but also our joys. A birthday celebrated, an anniversary enjoyed, new beginnings, a baby born, a new school year begun, a new job, a new relationship. We especially give you thanks for the work that has been getting done on Laurel and Leon's home, and we pray that it would continue so that they can soon return to not just a house, but to their home. We thank you, O oh God, for the gift of laughter, for enduring friendships, and for cherished memories. We give thanks that with you there is always a new beginning, a way where there is no way, hope beyond hope, and life beyond death. Through Jesus Christ, our risen Lord. Amen. If you would please join me aloud in our prayer for illumination. Awaken our hearts and minds to your word, O oh God. Give us understanding so that by the power of your Holy Spirit, we are able to do all that you command for love's sake. Gathered in Christ's name, gathered around the world, we pray. Amen. I'm going to digress for just a moment because it has to do with food. You know Methodists always like to eat. So we not only get to have food before our service now, now next Sunday, if nothing pulls you in here, it should be the fact that we're gonna have an ice cream social after. I mean, you can make Sundays, I got the 
toppings for it. There's also going to there, be cake. There's going to be cake. Oh, for sure, for the baptism. Holy cow, we hit the jackpot. All right, so get all your friends and neighbors and come on over because we're going to have a good old time. Okay, let me get serious. Our scripture reading comes from Ezekiel chapter 33, verses 7 through 11. Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the people of Israel. So hear the word I speak and give them warning from me. When I say to the wicked, you wicked person, you will surely die, and you do not speak out to dissuade them from their ways, that wicked person will die for their sin, and I will hold you accountable for their blood. But if you do warn the wicked person to turn from their ways, and they do not do so, they will die for their sin, though you yourself will be saved. Son of man, say to the Israelites, this is what you are saying. Our offenses and sins weigh us down, and we are wasting away because of them. How then can we live? I say to them, as surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their ways and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways. Why will you die, people of Israel? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our next hymn, it's in the red hymnal, is number 514, Stand Up for, stand up for Jesus. I guess that's a cue. So if you want to stand up, go ahead and stand up. <laughs>
You may be seated for Jesus. Sorry, I couldn't help it. <coughs> Our next scripture reading can be found beginning on page 974 in the Bibles and the pews. We are in the 18th chapter of the book of Matthew, verses 15 through 20. And this often carries, the section of text often carries the header, Dealing with Sin in the Church. If your brothers or sisters sin, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. If you would please join me in an attitude of prayer. Holy and loving God, we call you our Savior and Protector. Yet too often we try to be saviors for others, and we do it in unkind and unloving ways. Our desire for control too often leads us to ignoring your voice, instead of putting our faith and trust in your will and your way. Help us mirror the life and love of Jesus, and to be open to the work of the Holy Spirit all around us. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. <clears throat> so this morning, we are going to start our newest sermon series that will go from today through the end of this month, so four weeks in total. During this part of the service, we're going to be engaging with this new series titled Learning to Love Our Enemies. Now, given all of the tension and arguing and other escalating pressures, uh, specifically around the political climate in our country, some of you might be thinking that I'm out of my mind trying to do a series like this. Love our enemies? But it's us versus them, isn't it? And if they don't agree with me on, on one thing, then they're against me in everything. Unfortunately, that is where we find ourselves too often these days. Now, I cannot say with 100% certainty, because I have only been on this earth for so long, but from the things I have heard and read and witnessed, I don't believe things have always been this way, or at least not for such long periods of time. So while it might sound crazy, this may actually be the perfect time for a series like this one. The capacity for love to overcome all obstacles, it's easier to believe when we're talking about two people who want to be together. Although, in all fairness, that still didn't work out too well for Romeo and Juliet. 
But believing in love's ability to overcome all obstacles, that can be ex- uh, especially challenging when, when thinking of ourselves and someone who we don't want to be with. It's even more true when we're thinking of someone who has hurt us or betrayed us in some way. When we think of something further away from us, it's easier to think about how love can overcome anything. But when something much closer to us, something that has had a direct emotional or physical impact on us, that's when holding that belief in love can be much, much more difficult. However, it is important for us to name and recognize that our ability to overcome conflict within ourselves and to find peace despite what others may do, it's an incredible opportunity for us to reflect the unconditional love of Jesus Christ. An unconditional love that continues to flow and envelop us despite the ways that we have failed. It's my sincerest hope that this four-week series will offer some practical guidance to equip all of us to practice that kind of enemy love that Jesus preached about and continues to encourage us towards. Now, a fair amount of this guidance will come from passages in the Old Testament. In fact, our reading today from Matthew's Gospel is the only New Testament reference that we will have in this series, and that may seem counter to what you might expect, but I promise there is a purpose and a plan. Now, the goal of my message this morning is to communicate to you all that God uses conflict and confrontation as ways to help us and others grow in healthy, vital ways. Notice that I did not say God causes conflict and confrontation. I said God uses conflict and confrontations. And I just want to make sure that we're all clear on that because there is a vast difference in theology and understanding between God using something and God causing or doing something. And I don't want anyone to get confused. And let me tell you, I know something about being confused. Said that to the kids. Honestly, I can, I probably can't count the number of times I've made mistakes because of something I was confused about. When I was younger, it it was usually because I misheard what someone said and I repeated what I thought I heard, which actually has been rather entertaining for my sisters and my parents. Thankfully, though, when I was younger, I was surrounded by people who lovingly corrected me. And I say lovingly because the way they did it, they didn't make me feel ashamed or shameful or, or bad about myself. It was always used as a learning opportunity. Now, as an adult, I often have been blessed to experience loving correction as well. Not always, but more often than I expect and probably more often than I might deserve. I want to share one instance with you that I will never, never forget. And I will probably be chuckling to myself on my deathbed before God calls me home. Now, I had just started working at my first real job 
after college in information technology. And I was working as a web developer and network administrator for a small psychology graduate and postgraduate school in downtown Chicago. Now, we were just a few days away from the winter break period, and most of the students weren't on campus as their tests and other work had been done or due days earlier. And in fact, many of the, the faculty weren't around either. It was mostly just the staff and the academic department heads getting things squared away before a few weeks of well-deserved rest and holiday celebration. Now that particular morning, there was an outage in our internet service. So no one could get online to browse the web. They couldn't send external emails. They could send emails internally, but couldn't communicate to the outside world via the internet. And our IT department consisted of myself and my boss, the director of IT. So not a lot of hands. Thankfully, though, he was able to get a hold of our internet provider and get the service restored within about 15 minutes. All in all, we were, we were pretty happy with that recovery time, and we were really hopeful that most people might not really notice the outage as there weren't as many people on campus, and hopefully they might chalk it up to just a random glitch. But to be on the safe side, my boss decided we should send out an email just to let people know what had happened and that everything was working again. And I suggested that we maybe include some information about how to get IT support over the break in case anyone needed anything. And, and he thought that was a good idea. And so he decided that, because it was my idea, that I should send the email out, out to the entire school. Now, I had been working here for about three months, so not everyone knew who I was yet, and this could be a good way to introduce myself to the school community. And boy, oh boy, was it ever. In the email that I sent, I had meant to write, we apologize for any inconvenience. However, I misspelled that word, and autocorrect did its thing, and I didn't bother to actually look at what autocorrect did. I just assumed it got it right. I thought it was in the ballpark. However, autocorrect changed my mess of an attempt at inconvenience to the word incontinence. <laughs> and judging by your laughter, many of you know what that word is. I did not at that time and didn't notice and hit send. The first reply I got, which was within about three or four minutes, came from the vice president that my boss reported to. She was, uh, had a background as a lawyer and a nurse. This is a very educated woman who I, I still love to this day. She wanted to know who, if anyone, was giving us, and I quote, a crappy attitude. <laughs> the next email came almost immediately after that from our director of financial aid. She was asking if we needed some depends down in the IT offices. These emails came within seconds of each other, and I was very confused. 
And I asked my boss to come and look at this, thinking I'm obviously missing something. And it took us a minute, and then we caught what the problem was. So I quickly sent out a corrected email with an apology. Needless to say, I, I think that that still lives on for those who still work there. But no one, not my boss, or even his boss, this vice president, or for that matter, the president of the school who got this email, no one was ever cruel or mean about what I had done. They all showed not just a great sense of humor, but also loving correction. And let me tell you, this was a relief, to say the least. This was my first real job out in the world, making my own money and trying to be an adult. And let's just say it didn't quite start how I thought it would. But you know, there are many people who do not believe that God can use conflict and confrontation to our mutual benefit. And that's mostly because those people have seen too much bad conflict or conflict that has been handled poorly. Bad conflict avoids. We don't want to make others feel bad, but allowing someone to unknowingly walk in dangerous ways is not loving. If others are hurtful or offensive, it's not enough to assume that they should know better. That's one of the primary focuses from our reading in Ezekiel. If we do not warn others of bad behavior, their repeated mistakes and suffering will be on our hands. But it's not as simple as pointing out others' shortcomings. Bad conflict tries to make us into someone else's savior. Proselytizing creates resistance and resentment, and it it makes us into a false idol of self-righteousness. Walking around and telling everyone else what they are doing wrong, what, what sins they have committed with this air of supremacy or superiority, that's not what any of us should ever be doing. And yet, today, just like countless other Sunday mornings, that is exactly what is happening in churches all around the world. Whether it is a spiritual leader or a lay person, it's wrong. In a worst case scenario, the most serious symptoms in family life, for instance, anorexia, schizophrenia, suicide, those always show up in families in which people make intense efforts to bend another to their will. Now, that's not meant to be a condemnation. It's simply a truth, and one that many of us know all too well, even if we don't always want to admit it. Ultimately, though, we are not the Savior, and if others do not heed our warning, then we must trust in the Holy Spirit. Our scripture passages for today in no way whatsoever suggest that we are responsible for other people's choices. We are only responsible for warning them 
when those choices are harmful, dangerous, hurtful, and I want to be very, very clear on this point. We are not called to force others to change or to make different choices. That's not how free will works. I also want to remind us that when we offer a warning to others, it's not always going to be well-received or appreciated, shocking as that may be. But if we're going to take that chance and we are going to try and offer that warning, we must always, always, always do so lovingly and with mercy and grace. A healthier pathway than trying to be that savior for others, forcing them to change, is instead due process. You see, bad managers, they ignore due process. They don't tell employees of their mistakes. They overreact emotionally. And then they fire employees at will. That's really not a good way to operate, regardless of your faith or belief. Responsible managers, they clearly communicate warnings in writing. They name problem behaviors. They explain the consequences for repeated infractions. And maybe most importantly, they also identify actions for future success. If our church had an employee handbook or a policy even on due process, that is what it should look like. Now, I do want to point out that it is not helpful to treat others like employees when they are not, in fact, your employees. But the concept is consistent. If someone is hurtful, offensive, or harmful, we should assume the behavior will be repeated unless or until we have followed our scriptures in Ezekiel and Matthew by pulling that person aside and clearly, lovingly communicating our feelings. And if that does not communicate, then Matthew suggests we bring another mediator or appropriate body in the church. And then, if that still doesn't work, and all else fails, then treat them as a Gentile or a tax collector. But I want to remind you, Jesus treated even those maligned parties with forgiveness, mercy, grace, and shared meals. United Methodist Barb pointed it out. That last part should be second nature to us. Conflict is unavoidable. But the good news is that God uses conflict and confrontation to help us learn from our mistakes and from the mistakes of others. Jesus Christ loves us and will give us the strength and the courage we need to confront conflicts with love and grace. But we have to be open to accepting that strength and that courage, to living that direction. We must be open to the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and in our minds. And without any prejudice or partiality, we must always lead with love and mercy and grace. 
Because let's be honest, when we don't, when we don't lead with love and mercy and grace, when, when we are starting to show prejudice or partiality, that's when people shut down. That's when people harden their hearts. People stop listening. And then nothing is received and nothing can change. Beating somebody over the head with a Bible is not going to get the result you're hoping for. We are not called to be saviors, but we are called to love one another. And we have amazing examples throughout Scripture on how we can do that. Matthew, Ezekiel, pretty much every book in there has some important piece about how we can love one another. Amen. I invite you to turn to pages 15 and 16 in your hymnals as we prepare to celebrate Holy Communion. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is good, it is right, and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Almighty God, Creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through the prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. Your Spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice 
in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and juice. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now with the confidence of children of God, let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. And the cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. In the United Methodist Church, we practice open communion. And what that means is that this table doesn't belong to me, doesn't belong to this church, to our denomination. This table belongs to Jesus Christ and Christ alone. And he has invited everyone to come and partake. It doesn't matter if you were a member of this congregation or our denomination or any other, it doesn't matter if you're baptized or unbaptized, your social or financial standing, your sexual orientation or identification, your mental or physical ability, all those ways that we divide ourselves from one another, all those boxes we try and cram people into, that's not what he sees. He looks out and sees beloved siblings, and all he asks is that when you come forward and partake, you do so with an open heart. This morning, as you are dismissed from your rows and come forward, you will be given a piece of bread, and then you can pick up a cup of juice, and you can choose to receive your elements one of two ways. You can do intinction, which is a big word that means you take the bread, dip it in the juice, and then receive those together. Or you can eat the bread and then drink the juice. It's the same thing, neither one's better or more appropriate than the other, it's just two of the ways that we have done it throughout the years. Brothers and sisters, siblings, the table is set, come and taste that God is good. of Christ broken for you.
Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I invite you to rise as you are able for our closing hymn, number 2172. That's in the faith we sing, the thin black hymnal. And the title is We Are Called. reminder next week beginning of kids club and sunday school a baptism and ice cream it's just going to be amazing i hope you can make it but now beloved siblings in christ jesus made in the image of god 
Remember always that God's commandments are an invitation to daily faithfulness. Love God and love your neighbor every day, and you will fulfill all that God intends. Owe no one anything except to love one another. By doing this, God's whole law is fulfilled. And now the grace of Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit fill you and the whole church until all things in heaven and on earth are reconciled. The love of God pursue you, the grace of Christ overtake you, and the Holy Spirit flow through you as love fills all and all. Amen.